1: Welcome to the Pulse of St. Louis. I'm Shirley Washington. You know, the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater St. Louis Teen Center of Excellence is now open in Ferguson. Isn't that awesome? The $12.4 million facility is the first of its kind in the county that caters to young people with unique programs. Joining me now, Erica Bumper. She is director of the Teen Center of Excellence. Janice Johnson, she is director of the St. Louis Internship Program. Alonzo Lee, he is a Grammy Award winning music producer. And Dr. Flint Fowler, he is president of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Greater St. Louis. Thank you all so much for being here. Dr. Fowler, let's start with you. You have got to be over the moon. You and everyone associated with the Boys and Girls Club of Greater St.
2: Louis. Yeah, we are really excited to have this opportunity to further our involvement with young people. Uh, Obviously, this was inspired by the shooting of Michael Brown in 2014. We got pretty busy uh, gathering resources to start programming for young people in 2015, but realized there was really not a place for teens to go where they could feel safe, interact with their peers, prepare for careers and life after high school. So the concept of the Teen Center of Excellence was birthed then.
1: So tell us about the features of the Teen Center, because this is a state-of-the-art facility. It's awesome.
2: It is, and I can kind of give you the overview, but I'll let these <laughs> folks talk in detail about it. There, there's sort of four pillars to what we do. So there's education and uh, career readiness, or workforce and, and, uh development if you will Mm -hmm. health and wellness because we think it's important for young people to not only be physically healthy and stay physically active but to be emotionally and psychologically healthy as well Uh, a number of our young people experience experience trauma many times we don't recognize it and many times we don't treat it Uh, it's also important for young people to understand what it's like to learn about leadership and civic engagement certainly uh, the incident in Ferguson gave us an opportunity to see young people in action where they were sharing their voice and where they were talking about what they needed uh, to prepare for the future. Uh, And then STEAM, not only helping young people understand what the career opportunities are in science, technology, engineering, arts, and math, but also how it affects their lives every day. When you carry that phone around, you know, that is a serious uh, tool uh, that you can use to better your life today and in the future.
1: Good point. I love
0: that. Erica, give me a sense of the mission and the vision. Tell me about that to inspire and to enable our youth uh, that otherwise wouldn't have the opportunities. The center is a great place for them to feel safe and to really just develop who they are. We have culinary arts, we have a theater, drama. We have a music studio. We have tutoring. We have college preparation. So these are the tools that they need to succeed. And if they decide that college is not important or not necessarily important, but it's something that they don't want to do, we want to offer other alternatives for them to succeed and be productive citizens as well.
1: So tell me a little bit about the tutoring, because there is a new report that just came out talking about how our students are not performing well academically in the classroom, specifically in math and english.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, when you look at the the statistics of students of color, specifically students of color, you find that we are already behind when we get to kindergarten. For example, our test scores do not demonstrate what we can do and I think that when we talk about education and how we can better I think that the traditional way of teaching we have to step outside and beyond how we teach and how we tutor and really understand that we have to meet students where they are and many times when students are in programs they're bored so we want to make them interactive and engaging so that they see that oh learning can be fun and it's it's how it's presented and it's how um, we have great people that are on the team that will be able to really teach our students and to really understand the environments that they come from. And not only that, but knowing that um, there is a will to succeed.
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. Alonzo, tell me about the music component and tell me your role and how you will be engaging with the students.
3: Sure. So, what's going on with the music aspect of it is it's housed under the STEAM, pillar that Dr. Fowler referred to, and it's the A in STEAM, so it's the, the arts and we have a state-of-the-art recording studio, so what's gonna happen for the members there is, uh, well, they all love music, so we, that, that's no the secret there. So they'll have the chance to learn how to properly record themselves, write songs, and for those that wanna take it further in terms of career, they'll learn about intellectual property, how to monetize it, uh, if they wanna take the career path of um, going to college for it, what that looks like, they wanna start their own business, what that looks like. Uh, we have a bunch of exciting partnerships established where For example, they're scoring a Netflix uh, film that stars Carl Payne from the Martin phenomenon back in the day. Yes, yes, yes. We're also a partnership with the Universal Music Publishing Group, where they have opportunities to submit songs for other movies, uh, established artists. So anyone who comes along that wants to really do it, uh, I'm happy to be there to help them segue to do it properly and learn how to do things the best way they can to have careers at it as well as hobbies. I mean, if they want to learn how to do it, just for the fun Absolutely.
1: Give us a sense about your background. How did you become an, a Grammy Award-winning music <laughs> producer? Yes.
3: Well, I mean, the passion of wanting to do something like that. I mean, just enjoying music. And then once I discovered that I could make money at it, that's when I was officially <laughs> like, okay, I can do something fun and earn a living. Right. So uh, that was what led me to the, the pathway.
1: Yeah, but what was your path? How did you get there?
3: Okay, well, I started in bands. So playing in bands, so that was the first indication of monetizing it. Like I can play a song or music for three hours and have X amount of dollars in my hand. So that was the first indication, like, there's something here. So I did that for many years. And then I discovered that every time we take a break, there's music on the break. Like, who did that? And I discovered those are the guys that are making the most money because that's happening in every city for every band that's taking a break. So I decided to write original music. So I got into that by discovering a local artist out of St. Louis by the name of Chingy. Chingy's debut album sold three million copies. So that was full throttle into the monetizing of music. And from there we had the opportunities to work on uh, different films, uh, video games, so I really saw the broader scope of what it means to be in the business of music. And so uh, from that I believe I came back and started talking with Indigo Sams and Dr. Fowler as a guest speaker for Career Day. And from there I realized a lot of our youth want to do this too. And so why not come back and be the person that I could have used at that time when I was aspiring? So that led me to get more involved in creating programming to show them how to do it properly. And now at this point where I'm able to spend a lot of time developing programs and being housed in an area as special as Ferguson, learning my talents.
1: That is so wow. awesome. Thank you so much. Janice, let's talk game. about career. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Dr. I was going to say it's been
2: a great way to tap into their creativity. Absolutely. Yes. You know, oftentimes uh, yeah. that gets bottled up in a young person. They don't know how to release it right. appropriately. <laughs> and so uh, Alonzo and, and, and the entire staff at the teen center is there to provide exposure, uh, reinforcement, and, and, and opportunity. You know, oftentimes our young people don't have opportunity. We were talking yeah. earlier about travel and getting the chance to see the world. And that opens up your eyes and your mind and your heart. And I think it starts with uh, giving young people a chance to express who they are in a variety of forms.
1: Right, and and I think too, um, Dr. Fowler, to your point, that at this age, our young people are finding their voices. And they're trying to figure out how to express themselves. And so to have mentors and to have that kind of guidance to help them do that, I think it's tremendous. And I think that's phenomenal. I think that's a key element of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Shanice, let's talk about career readiness. What do you do to make sure
4: that these young people are ready? We basically build a foundation and what that looks like is job training. We want to ensure that all the students have employability skills that would allow them to succeed in any career path that they choose whether it's with the arts, whether it's being an educator like Erica is, or actually running a big enterprise like Dr. (laughs) (laughs) Fowler. We want to make sure they have those soft skills, those interpersonal skills that are lacking in the workforce as reported by our regionals Um, State of St. Louis Workforce Report. So we provide them with information on how to get a job, how to keep a job, but more importantly, how to succeed in that job. And so I look forward to working with this team, bringing the expertise from the St. Louis Internship Program, um, all of our years of college and career readiness with the students so that the students can excel.
1: And so give me an example of some of the things that they will learn.
4: So, how to put together a marketable resume, not just enter information in a template. Um, interviewing skills, is like we're having a conversation, they need to be able to market themselves. Understanding that their personal brand starts now, um, making sure that they can make sure that that brand is synonymous to excellence, point blank period. So no matter if it's school, no matter if it's work or home, making sure that their name stands for something. Um, also, all of the things with financial literacy, having a bank account, um, stress management. Young people, I hear they're time stressed. and time again, they're yes. stressed. Um, we wanna make sure they understand diversity and inclusion. Um, we actually take them through simulations with dining etiquette, social etiquette, and professional etiquette. What does that look like? And then, of course, dressing for success. You have to dress the part if you wanna secure the job.
1: Absolutely, and those are skills that will take them through the rest of their lives.
4: Absolutely.
1: because what you learn at that point yes. is so critical and so important. And those are life skills. Absolutely. You use right. them every day of your life. Yes, I want to talk more about preparing them because you said this is your brand, mm-hmm. and that's true. Yeah. But yeah. especially when we're talking about preparing for college, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. sometimes I talk to young people and they're in high school and they go, well, I didn't know I needed right. a 3.0 GPA, right. GPA right. or right. 2.0 right. or what have you. Right. Yes, you do. Right, right. You do. Absolutely. So how do you get them in that frame mind, um, Erica? to make sure they recognize what they need. These are skills and tools that they need to be successful. Whether you decide to go to college or not, you still need these tools.
0: I think exposure is very important. In my research, I look at college access, and what I find is that if you have parents that have never attended college, how do you know about college? It's a notion. And so if they attend a school where teachers have low expectations, what is college? Nobody talks to them about college, so they have to be exposed. You take them on a college campus, Now you're exposing them, but it's a process. How do you get there? It's not just, okay, I'm on a college campus, but not only how you get there, but how do we retain you to find a major that you can make money and be very successful. And so I believe that it's very important that we inform our youth about college. What is it? You know, We think about college as this notion, but until someone has actually shown them, these are the steps that you need. You have to have a GPA. You have to be able to write. We have students that don't know how to write. An application and so what happens is well they wait to senior year and it's well I didn't know or no one told me because a counselor may have a caseload of 400 students so it's our responsibility to inform and expose our students and to take them on college tours so they can understand that it's not a, a notion of just going but really understanding the process and the
2: steps it takes.
0: And,
1: and what that means Dr. Right. Fowler. Indeed
2: and it gets extended so you know there are certain pathways or a number of pathways you Young people can take and the reason we started age six is that you know we're trying to lay a solid foundation from the beginning as with anything you know if you work out for example the more you work out uh the greater the intensity the greater the payoff is at the end so the more we can expose young people to these opportunities as dr bumpers talked about uh, the more effective we can be so understanding what it takes to be- become an accountant or, or an attorney that not only the four years or the undergraduate degree but post uh, graduate graduate degree and the, and the cost of those types of things, and then what can I do as an accountant or as an attorney? And for those that decide that they want to do other type of types of work, what is the career path for a carpenter or for um, you know, a welder or for someone who's right. gone into uh, coding? You know, what are the things that it takes? We believe those soft skills are essential to any of those jobs. Yes. Because you have to know how to communicate right. you know how to function you need, you need to know how to function as a member of a team. Uh, you need to know how to assess the situation and help resolve problems problem. and you know and you, you have to be able to function in the workplace. So whether you're uh, in an operating room or whether you're bagging grocery uh, at the grocery store, you need to know how to function and, and you need to understand uh, again your personal brand, how you influence what happens in and around you, and the better prepared you are for that, the more effective you can be.
1: And I want to talk a little bit more about that after the break, but I've got to take a break right now. Stay with us. We are back in a moment. Nice job, guys.
3: To hear more, listen to the podcast. Just search for The Pulse of St. Louis.
1: Welcome back to the Pulse of St. Louis. We're talking about the new Teen Center of Excellence that is now open in Ferguson. And and Dr. Fowler, the teen center serves four school districts?
2: Well, it's located in the middle of four school districts, but any young person between the ages of 12 and 18, ages of 12 and 18 is welcome to join so we're kind of in the center of the ferguson and riverview gardens normandy and jenny school district and we certainly hope young people who attend those schools feel free to come and be a part of our experiences
1: now how is the Teen center different from the boys and girls clubs
2: it is a boys and girls club i understand but that, but it's a, it's does a, it offer
1: does it offer different programs or are the same programs the other clubs?
2: Some of the same programming and some above that. So if you think about layering, there's some fundamental things that we like to have happen at all of our club sites. And then we build on top of that because this this is focused uh, exclusively on teens. We're able to be a little more intense around some of the things that we do where they might get early introductions to some things at the other club sites. Here, it's like uh, work on steroids, if if you will. (laughs) So the, 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 the heavy dose on the workforce readiness types of activities. Uh, Shanice didn't go to all the details of it, but it's important to understand that um, expectations of excellence are, are critical uh, when, you're, when you're working with young people, that you have established uh, a level uh, that where you want them to work, and when you, where you want them to be at. And, and when you don't allow students to fall below that, then they rise to the occasion. But if we don't set expectations, what are they targeting for? So because we're working with such a defined population, we're able to put more of those types of things in place. Uh, Our goal is to have sort of a portfolio for each student. So as they get exposed, they get greater help with their tutoring and and improve their academic performance and their grades improve. Uh, As they get a chance to take field trips, whether it's a college tour or a work site uh, uh, activity or having a speaker come in, all those things begin to get placed in their portfolio. When they have their internships or other summer employment types of opportunities or school year employment, all that gets to go uh, in, in part of their credentialing, uh, if you will. When they've completed some training through the uh, technology program or say if they learn about coding or web design or if they, they're engaged in robotics, all of those things become part of their toolkit that they can then take to the next level with them, so it's it's similar to what we're doing at our other sites, but a little more intensity.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yes. So Dr. Bumpers giving me a sense about that college aspect of it. Are the kids actually going to visit colleges and universities?
0: Yes, they will. Um, that would be more Shanice, because okay. she would be doing the slip um, okay. aspect of it. But our goal is to really introduce college. I am a huge proponent of college access, and so I believe that if you have high expectations for students, it's it's sort of as as if if you think that you can, you will. If you think that you can't, you won't. And so when they come to our center, as I said before, it's a place of safety, but also having high expectations that you can achieve success. You can do anything and be anything that you want to be. And we have to continue to instill that within our youth because many times they've experienced trauma. They've experienced different things. So it's our goal to ensure that they have confidence of who they are and that they can accomplish and be anything that
4: they want to in society.
0: Good point give me a sense of what that aspect looks like as
1: you're preparing them for college and preparing them for employment
4: so i want to make it clear we do not believe that college and careers are mutually exclusive and college can look like trade school vocational four-year two-year it doesn't matter Um, each student is going to put together a career development plan and that plan focuses on academic professional and personal goals short-term intermediate and long-term goals as it fits within that Um, college tours Our students right now are on a three-day college tour. We stay right here in Missouri because we understand that we have some gyms here and we want to make sure that it's affordable for them. Two, they have ACT prep. Yes, the schools provide some of that opportunity, but this is a supplemental service. The students will have that one-on-one coaching. They will get standardized reports that says, yes, you need to learn how to use commas, or you didn't multiply correctly on this answer. So it's very individualized per student. They also have volunteer opportunities at universities so that they can immerse themselves in that environment and what that looks like is maybe three to five days where they're staying in dorms they're actually going to class in the morning and then working in a team environment to go out and do a project and that project can solve a community issue or it can be from the entrepreneurship lens of this is the business that I want to have. So we're trying to make it as holistic as possible, where it's just not the job piece. Um, The students soon learn that the money is good, don't get me wrong, but it's really about building my (coughs) network and having that exposure as Erica talked about.
1: Absolutely, and then what about the community service?
4: Yes, Asking. absolutely. They getting
1: to know the importance of giving back to the community?
4: Absolutely. So, social responsibilities is, is actually a workshop that we teach, but any activities that they um, participate in, it's some type of social element. Whether we're in a corporation on a professional development day, their team is going to come in and talk about what they do under their philanthropic arm. So we want to make sure that that's ingrained in them. Number two, if we offer any type of scholarships or anything like that, there is a community service component added in to that so they know that they have to give back and you don't have to really push it on them they actually end up asking can I volunteer for our training component on Saturdays or can I come to the office and help with a mailing or something like that so they soon get it, and then become financial supporters of the organization. Nice, nice. Which is why
2: it became such a natural uh, affiliation between the St. Louis Internship Program And the boys and girls clubs of greater st louis we were doing some of those things as well and have done them for a number of years our three priority outcome areas are academic success a good character and citizenship and healthy lifestyle embedded in that good character and citizenship is community service how do you learn to become a good citizen you get out there and you help others you appreciate to respect the property uh, of other people and to have an understanding and appreciation for authority but you also get a chance to you know, know how to use your voice and, and when to exercise that voice, the importance of uh, voting and, yes. and being engaged. So what they were doing and what we were doing uh, separately, we can now do together, take the, the best of what SLIP had to offer and the best of what the Boys and Girls Club is offering, and then marry those two things. And that's, again, kind of where that intensity
3: uh, comes from.
1: That's awesome. Alonzo, tell me more about the music program and how does music impact people and influence people?
3: Well, the power of music is that it has the ability to affect the way people think. Uh, Everyone has a favorite song or they have a memory of a song at a certain time in their life, so it's important to uh, cherish that and to covet that for the special thing that it is. So my aim is to try to promote positivity, you know, and they understand the power of the lyric. So to write towards positive projects, uh, to have some type of civic engagement where there's an awareness uh, about things that are happening around them, uh, specifically our area will be where the tragedy happened with Mike Brown, so some of the things uh, that they face on a daily basis, how can they work through it and talk about it through song in a positive manner. Uh, we also have a theater uh, as well in the center that's state-of-the-art, so it's our plan to incorporate acting and performance along with music so they can have outlets to express themselves and to uh, do it on a, a very high, as a Dr. Fowler said, intensity level so that they can really do something with it that's beyond uh, just playtime or, you know, activity, but, you know, professional level, you know, outputs of their creativity.
1: So, will they actually learn how to write lyrics and how to write music, like, which notes that the drummer's going to play and the, guitar, the guitarist yes. and the trumpet player? They're, they're really? gonna learn that's everything. That's amazing. Oh, that's it's awesome.
3: Everything. And that's then, you know, awesome. the, the joy for me, I have to admit is I get a chance to see all the uh, talent first.
1: So I'm
3: going to be right there with you.
1: You may discover the (laughs) next Chingy. The next Chingy. Who who knows? And
3: I'd be very happy to. Right. Right. Now, which (laughs) instruments do you play? Uh, Piano, keyboards, uh, drums, guitar. So I'm I'm a big Prince fan, so I try to do what Prince did. He played every (laughs) instrument. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, I aspire to do that, so I I can do a little bit of everything.
1: That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Dr. Fowler... For those who may not have a sense of understanding about teen centers and mm-hmm. boys and girls clubs and how important they are in the lives of our young people, mm-hmm. explain why they make such a huge
4: difference.
2: Well, our schools can only do so much, and, and uh, I appreciate and value what teachers do, but then school day is only so long, and students have to be prepared for that. Uh, there's tons of research that talks about the benefits of children continuing their day in structured, adult-led activities where there are high expectations, where they do have the support of a caring adult, where they do get a chance to participate in a variety of activities, some that they are interested in, some some that they have to learn to be interested in. Again, the more things you can expose them to, as the panelists talked about, uh, the better. Uh, many children don't have a positive place to be when they leave school. So how are they spending their time and what dangers may lurk out there, and, and even I think greater than avoiding dangers, how are we building assets, how are we helping young people gain the capacities that they need to be successful. And I think that's what a Boys and Girls Club brings to the table. Uh, our organization has been doing it for more than 50 years, but Boys and Girls Clubs as a national movement is over 150 years old. So we have a, gr- a great track record, not that just a, a good track, track record. <laughs> <laughs> I how to do that.
1: Hold that down. i got to take a break. Okay. Stay with us. We are back in a moment. <laughs> hmm. Welcome back. We've been talking about the new Teen Center of Excellence. Yes, and Dr. Bomper's just fill me in. When is it open? Who can attend and all that good stuff?
0: So it opens November 4th and the hours are 3 to 8 p.m. We provide transportation from the school to the site. Membership is $25 for the entire year and our ages are 12 through 18. Nice, Dr. Fowler, this is amazing. Wrap it up for me. Yeah, so they
2: can get the applications now, not only to be a member of the Teen Center of Excellence, but also the St. Louis Internship Program. We are looking for young people to enroll in that. And I just wanna add that teens need a safe place to be. If you think about uh, the malls, they usually get pushed away from there. If you remember the couple of summers where children were hanging out, our teens were hanging out like in the, uh, the Del Mar Loop, they're not always embraced the way we want them to be. So this is a place where they can come, they they can call their own, and they can feel at home.
1: Awesome. Thank you all so much for being here. And thank you for what you're doing in the community. And thank you for joining us for the Pulse of St. Louis. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, download the Pulse of St. Louis podcast in the iTunes or Google Play stores. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.